Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to make a quick note about this episode. We recorded this before um, the murder of George Floyd and also before all of the um, protests that happened in response to that. Um, we will be addressing that topic in a future episode, but we will not be doing that until we have other um, voices of people of color. And I think that's just the, the best way to go about it, addressing that episode. Um, so if you are a person of color, or if you know someone that is a person of color that would um, be a good fit to talk on this podcast, or if they have any interest in talking on this podcast, um, please reach out to us on any of our uh, social media accounts, because we'd love to hear your voices. Hey everyone, I'm Jay. I'm Sophia. And I'm Scott, and welcome to Witches Betwixt. Uh, today we're going to be talking about um, saving the world, I guess, in a way. Um, essentially, sharing spells and magic to heal the way that this world is right now, and I guess hopefully create a better one in the future um it's a really it can be a very broad topic um it, it, it can be a very broad topic a very it, it's a lot to it's a lot to unpack and it's a lot to tackle so i don't want to make this seem like this is just a you know in this episode we're gonna fix the world in one episode but we're kind of just talking about what we as witches magic practitioners, sorcerers, magicians, whatever label you want to give to your flavor of magic. Um, we're just talking about what we as magic practitioners can do to come together and influence and sort of fix the things that are broken um, in society, in the world, between, between humans, between the humans and the planet. Um, so... We're just going to start to unpack this, and I think the person of our group that has kind of the most experience in doing this type of work is Sophia, because of all the stuff that uh, that you work with with DKMU, because it's very along, you know, that, that vein of work that you guys do in that group. So I'm actually going to have Sophia kind of um, set the stage for this discussion and kind of explain what we mean when we say magic to save the world yeah and if anything i'd like to say that this is more like um, a brainstorming activity than anything i don't want to mm -hmm. like come at this like we have defined and like definite answers because i think that's really going to depend on everybody who comes together in the end to build this sort of thing but right like there's been a, a lot of talk there is an article that i read or read the 
first paragraph of that was called you didn't learn witchcraft so that you could get a parking space mm. um this one was done a while ago and it was talking about how like um there's sometimes a tendency in our communities to use our spells towards frivolous means it's not to say that i've never done a spell to have a parking spot happen i've absolutely done many spells to change traffic lights to make it easier for me to travel throughout the city mm -hmm. oh that's not like the reason i got into magic right like i got into the, magic uh, one of the perks that came along with it it was actually not even quite a perk. It was a challenge I did mm. to myself to see if I could get magic to act on a causal level and actually get um, magic by results. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a very common practice in chaos magic uh, circles to try and do results-based magic. So something as tangible as changing a streetlight is very results-based because it provides you an immediacy of evidence of what of your result right mm -hmm. um so I, I i get it i'm not gonna like shame anybody who's done frivolous magic because god knows we all have mm -hmm. literally everybody and that's fine but at the end of the day i think that like we all kind of were drawn to it for a reason you know and i know for me when i was young i really wanted to make the world a better place and i i still certainly do um and I always dreamed about what I could do with magic to make that happen, you know? Mm -hmm. And then everybody gets into it, and then we all get, like, these perspectives of, oh, let the world be as it is, you know, everyone should, uh, you know, don't interfere with the world, the threefold law will come back upon you, we need to stay removed from it as witches, mm -hmm. and we need to be secret, we need to hide. There's, And I've understood that... Um, that is very much a mechanism of survival, but it's not necessarily useful anymore. I mean, like, our world's in trouble, not gonna lie. We're, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We all know that capitalism is a dog shit system that's slowly going to kill us. Mm -hmm. We know that the old world is dead and dying and then the old Aeon is gone and the new Aeon has yet to be born and what the fuck do we want to make out of the world? Like, when it really comes down to it, I learned magic so I could change the world for the better. But that's an abstraction. That doesn't say anything other than make the world a better place, which in and of itself is a subjective concept, right? right. So it gets us thinking, like, what do you really want to do? And what do you want to see happen and that's kind of why i got into dkmu a lot back in the day like with the assault on reality and everything and i've i've said it many times before but like the purpose of dkmu at its core is often for most people to change their life and to rebel against a world that doesn't give you space to exist or freedoms to exist and to empower magic and our ability to use it itself and that all sounds exactly like everything that every pagan I know ever does. Mm -hmm. I haven't met anybody who was pagan or Wiccan who was against the idea of empowering people's ability to do magic unless they were on like 32 levels of ego bullshit saying mm -hmm. we're like, oh, those people shouldn't have that power because they need to come seek it. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. like a lot of people are really down with what DKMU is trying to do, 
what scares them off from like wanting to work with us is usually like paradigm differences or mm-hmm. like the mouth mouthy motherfuckers online who know next to nothing who like to just spout off at people which i would like to remind everybody that those people exist in every single magic group and every single human group no matter what the Mm -hmm. people who are the good people who run the shit uh, are usually nice trying to build people up trying to make stuff happen trying to connect and network and they're happy to give you the time of day and talk to you because they're just real fucking people as well you know and Mm -hmm. if you've ever been like kind of steered away from a magical group like i know i have by uh wiccans way back in the day like i talked about mm-hmm. i understand now that like those people did that because they were insecure they didn't really know enough to be able to give me information they knew enough to be able to commit themselves to something and to the act of like wanting to learn it but to admit to somebody outside of their order that they had not actually attained the state of knowledge would be hit to their ego so it's easier to push outsiders away rather than admit that you're still learning right it's like that aspect of hubris rather than humility right, right. and i understand that if i asked those questions to a uh, alexandrian priestess she wouldn't have ran me off she wouldn't have ran me off unless she was a fucking transphobe she mm-hmm. would have sat down and had a talk with me that's what would have happened, right? Just like anybody who's any serious per- practitioner who isn't trying to do it is some type of ego game, right? And like, we were talking about it the other night, like all three of us and um, Scott, what was the description that you had for like uh, trad workers? Like what they were happy to do? You said something to do with like sit down and have whiskey and chill. Oh yeah, like, I mean, that, that <laughs> pretty much that. Or, oh, I also said, um. And a lot of them sometimes, I mean, it was also sort of said partly in jest, but also partly true. Um, you know, use uh, flying ointment and go meet the devil, the witch's devil. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of like the same shit as uh, what DKMU does. Most of us are happy to like chill out and smoke weed and some people will get illicit drugs, which we don't explicitly condone, but like everyone's their own person. You can't tell someone not to do something you want to do with their life. So mm-hmm. most people go and, go and do something close to flying ointment, but just of a different substance and chill and just like, you know, tradcraft workers would. And there's like this kind of humbling realization that I've been having lately that like, the only difference between almost any of us is just our fucking paradigms. Practitioners, magicians, and craft workers, generally as a whole, unless like you're some right-wing fascist uh, cult fuckos, mm-hmm. uh, most of us want the same shit. Freedom, magic out in the open, being able to live your life dedicated to your craft without needing to hide it. Um, empowering magic itself giving it avenues in the world to express itself uh giving people who are new to the craft and people who have like gifts you know like giving them outlets giving them people to talk to to say hey no kid who's seeing shit you're not crazy come over here we can like give you a hand with this sort of thing you know like Mm -hmm. being able to mentor the next generation we're all about that shit we just got our different flavors. And I, I think at the end of the day, we need to understand that like DKNU may be like tiger, tiger ice cream, you know, and like Alexandrian, maybe like butterscotch and like uh gardenarian Wiccan might be like strawberry, you know, like it's just different fucking flavors. Mm-hmm. It doesn't, it's still ice cream. It's still fucking magic. 
And I think at the end of the day that we need to kind of like understand that we really have a responsibility to start coming together as a community of practitioners when we're faced with such overwhelmingly hostile existence. You know what I mean? I agree. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we, we did kind of discuss this last night in a, in a non-recording kind of um, way, but this kind of like spawned the idea for the topic of this episode. Um, one thing that I was just kind of thinking of between our last night's discussion and now was I know we we sat down and we all said, you know, most mag most people in magic groups, you know, they want they want to make the place they want to make the world more magical. It's like you were saying, you know, DKMU's ultimate goal is to make the world more magical, make the world a more magical place. Um so I was thinking, I was like, I am very curious, especially for magic practitioners who are more secretive about their craft. I am curious, like, are there magic practitioners on, I guess, I don't know, the other side? Meaning, like, the people who... I don't know if there is are magic practitions out there that support capitalism and the way it functions. Absolutely. There are, and I call them worshippers of Moloch. Moloch. The god of child sacrifice, uh, worshipped was... since Babylonian times. Mm -hmm. Essentially, a... go ahead, please. He's historically the actual Christian adversary. The I, the interpretation of Satan being the Christian adversary was actually an academic mess up. It was it was not read. It wasn't correct, mm -hmm. um, because in Judaism, Moloch would be their adversary, right? It would be their adversarial deity, mm -hmm. um, which of course in turn would make. Moloch, the adversarial deity, also of Catholicism and Christianity by extension. Uh, but yeah, so everything else Sophia said. <laughs> and Moloch is essentially a god of child sacrifice. Like people way back in the Canaanite days would sacrifice their their children to him for in exchange for power, right? And um one of the things that the um i can't remember who did it but people who worshiped yahweh put it in the law that it was illegal to sacrifice your children to moloch at a certain point right and um if you look at what he represents he represents like the literal worst shit ever i'm not going to go into all of it on the podcast because mm -hmm. it's like really 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 triggering but he's like but the actual you, worst if you look him up as a, as an archetype, it's literally an avatar for all of the horrible things that have been running our world for the entirety of the past aeon. And he has been worshipped since Chaos, not Chaos, sorry, since um, Babylon and uh, Canaan in like way early biblical days, like the start of the aeon type shit. Hmm. So I think that was yeah. kind of like where I was, because I know we were talking about, you know, like sorcerers and magic practitioners coming together to to you know do these kind of deep magics and rituals and spells to you know better i keep saying better the world but it is subjective but save the world better the world in in our image i guess in our opinion in our image um but i'm curious what do you do about those deep magic like magics and rituals that are already in place by sorcerers who support the system as it is that is a very long theory working discussion yeah. and um 
you you ask it, but it's re- it's relevant to talk about, and it's been discussed a lot in DKMU because um, there's the concept of the assault on reality, which we uh, which is just actually like um a way to put a word on what we're talking about right now, like using magic to oppose the structure of control, right? Mm-hmm. So there's like numerous methods you can do to approach it. There's like um, empowering the opposition. Um, so rather than say trying to fight all the currents of evil, you can build up positivity if that's the opposite side of it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of people do this through like light working or like spreading joy and cheer and merrymaking and any type of like forward thinking, progressive action that like lifts people up out of squalor and and dystopia is the exact antithesis of what that current is you know Mm -hmm. um and then there's also the method of um attacking it directly like um in i think it was rome they used to conjure up egregores of a city before they were attacking it and time their attack with a ritual slaughter of that god so that they could um, ensure their army's success by destroying the thought form behind that city itself and thus not allowing it um, to enact any defense mechanisms. Um, so you could do stuff like that to directly try and underpower, uh, undermine its efforts. There's a lot of things that people have taken for different avenues to approach the assault on reality also, like... Um, some people want to empower the individual, which I think is a very smart idea because, you know, magic comes from the individual and it isn't just like some some out there thing. Like, it's a part of us, mm-hmm. you know, it's a part of how we exist in the world. So empowering the person's individual connection and encouraging them into a state of mastery is definitely another way to do it. Um there's really as many ways as you can think of. Some people like to empower their gods or uh, their their deities or patrons, you know, like maybe empowering the green man because uh, or the, the witch lord or, or any of those concepts that really stand for like the primal freedom and pushback of uh, domineering society, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that all of those avenues are valid and that restricting what you're doing to fight against it kind of defeats the purpose of having so many different practitioners of so many different paradigms come together to do something, you know, like it makes sense that like the light workers will build positivity. You can't expect them to be doing bane working, right? Right. But you sure as hell can expect people on the crooked path to, they, they ain't going to have two, they ain't going to have any qualms about, you know, getting out their uh goofer dust and their coffin nails mm-hmm. and putting some fucking hardcore hexes out on people who need some hexing done on them you know and i don't think that um trying to centralize any idea uh of like a finite goal beyond like freedom love charity connectedness like anything beyond like really broad concepts i think is bound to fail Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't allow everybody their individual way to approach it, you know? Like, the people who are like, it has to be done by conflict, and the other people who are like, it has to be done by love. No. It has to be done by all of it. It you has gotta to be do... done. Yes. That's the you thing. gotta do what you gotta do. And you know what it is. You know what it is, whether it's like running a soup kitchen to help feed the homeless, whether it's like running a media company that gets magical concepts out there and like 
prints things like the invisibles uh you know things like that whatever it is that you really need to do for you i think we really got to start encouraging people to do that and start really looking at each other as magical siblings you know like we're all in this together everyone's been saying it and it's so true and we are a greater community and there's a lot that we can do you know i agree and this kind of goes back into what we were saying yesterday about um layers of magic to do this type of thing like this is not one of those situations where you cast one spell one time and that's it you know and it's just gonna everything's gonna be fine it's gonna be great um you have to have layers to this kind of work and i think i'm trying to think like i'm kind of like forming this thought like as we're having this conversation i'm thinking like the different layers you would have to have like one you would have to have a layer like what you were saying yesterday scott about obscusification mm-hmm. um do you want to go into what you were talking like a little bit more on that like um, how you were saying like how that's kind of necessary for this kind of work yeah so <clears throat> to kind of start from the beginning um I was talking, I mean, as far as the practitioners themselves doing this work, I also, I do feel as if a level of glamoury is necessary Mm -hmm. um, for the people who are kind of doing this work uh, to to better the world, right? This kind of, I like to call it global magic is kind of the the Mm. term I've settled on. Um, So, you know, uh, going on is a pretty common theme uh, that you can find in most magical traditions dating way far back it's actually you know this idea of quote-unquote invisibility Mm -hmm. um however i also think too uh kind of deconstructing the obscusification built around uh people right um a lot of these these this this current of of that we're dealing with that sophia is speaking of deals a lot with i mean we could we could see it right now right you know this 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 assault on facts this mm-hmm. assault on truth, um, this and and people are eating it up, right? People believe in non-truth and they condemn real truth, the only right. truth. You know what I mean? They condemn um, reality, right? And the idea is to that obscusification needs to be broken. It needs to be shattered, and they need to be able to see things as they truly are. But in this, in 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 that vein as well, it can. This also leads me into. Uh, another form is kind of a, a, a protection magic as well. This kind of creating barriers to um, to kind of make sure that the practitioners and the people involved in kind of this uh, magical, uh, I hate to use this term, but sort of magical guerrilla warfare, if you will. Mm, um, it's fair. To, to kind of make sure that we have our own armor. Um, uh so protection magic is obviously important. Um, also, too, I would say binding spells. And here's why I want to say this. And this is, uh, I, I mentioned this to you both uh, the other day. Um, uh, there's the, uh, if, if, if I asked you guys if you had seen, uh, uh, what is it called? Oh, man. Did you one of those like um like fundamental Christian people or something you were saying? Well, yeah, I was I was basically how, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of this movie. I could see it and I cannot remember the name of it. 
But the gist of it is, is how powerful ignorance is. Mm. How ignorance can be its own magic. Um, Silent Hill. Silent Hill, thank you very much. The very first Silent Hill film talks a lot about this as far as how the evil in the film, the quote-unquote evil in the film, which is really the the ignorance of the church is actually it was the real evil, but the ignorance kept their their version of the evil out, right? It couldn't get in because they viewed themselves as correct. They saw themselves as vindicated and that, you know, their actions were right. Right. Um and it wasn't until it was inside this symbolic gesture of bringing it inside of their place, you know, and kind of setting a bomb sort of, right? Mm-hmm. The spirit had to possess a person and actually walk into the church. Um, but uh, I, ignorance is a very powerful form of protection magic. Uh, this is why if, if you're someone who works baneful work, this is why it's really hard to work baneful work on people who don't believe in magic. It takes a longer time. You have to work it longer, um, especially people who truly don't believe in magic. Right. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who say, I don't believe, but, you know, they're the softest target you could possibly go after. But um, that's just because they see they secretly fear it. Right. But there are people who truly wholeheartedly don't believe Atheists. in anything spiritual. Um, and, and that ignorance, too, is also very powerful. So what I'm trying to get at is, is how do we, how do we those people as well need to see the world as as kind of um, as it is, as it truly as it is. is. Yeah, it's it's not just it's not all just science and it's not all just poetry and art, which I see magic as strongly. Um I think we we need both and people need to be able to see both and people need to be able to see the truth of those things. Um, another thing too is people's ideas, right? Like this this current that we're dealing with has created a um it has choked the hearts of man. Uh it, they they have this inability, this fear of empathizing, this fear of feelings. They think that that feelings are uh, the the feelings are for the weak Mm -hmm. feelings are for uh, the people who won't make it feelings are for, you know, they don't believe that feelings are are powerful. They don't believe that feelings are things and that they can they could be used for both good and for great harm. And I really, truly believe that there, there needs to be something done as well to understand that people and nature and the earth itself and and they ripple out and and we 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 kind of we move each other in 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 sometimes subtle ways and sometimes not so subtle ways i think you know realizing that we're kind of we are both not separate and separate at the same time we are all interconnected and i think that this interconnectedness which, I mean, it's not as if I'm saying anything crazy, right? I mean, like, no. how many spiritual tradi- traditions, not even magical traditions necessarily, but how many of them teach a sort of fundamental interconnectedness between all people and nature and animals and the rocks and the trees and the moon and the sun? You know, like, it's almost fundamental in most, you know, mystical and magical traditions. Yeah, vast majority of them. Vast majority yeah. of them. So I think kind of um, what you're saying, Scott, is the first, probably the first layer to this type of global magic, like the first layer would be protect the practitioner, right? So protect yeah. yourself, set up protections and boundaries, because there there are and there will be 
people out there working magic against you. There will be other practitioners working magic against you for doing this type of magic, but also the very things themselves that you are seeking to um, change or even eradicate will also be working against you. Correct. Directly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's actually something we've encountered in DKMU. Like, um, certain people in certain parts of the world have gotten, like, swatted randomly. Mm. Uh, and, like, not that they actually per se had anything, but, like, I, I can't name names or stuff. But, like, when you're doing rituals to actively undermine the power structure, expect the power structure to not necessarily like i'm not saying there's like an illuminati watching you who's gonna fuck with you but like naturally mm -hmm. the currents kick back and if you're opposing a god form or an egregorn archetype like that it's a fool's game to think that it doesn't have things that it can do in response when you strike out against it so not to say to not do the thing but be ready for certain um reactions it's like that law of physics everything has an equal and opposite reaction you know mm -hmm. not to bring up the matrix again like i always do but the matrix um the uh the agents they are they are of the matrix and they are safeguards in place to keep you in place in the matrix you know what you i mean so getting a fourth matrix movie right i did here and i'm very excited very excited <laughs> um I don't know. I just I think the the metaphor of the matrix really just works for me. It just works. But um but yeah, it's kind of like that idea that the the agents they are there to 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 keep people in line and anyone who tries to mm -hmm. challenge the matrix, you know, well they get their ass beat. Um so so that so in terms of this layering of magics, that would be the first the first thing is to protect yourself as a practitioner. Um, you need to have that protection. And then, Scott, what you were saying is that next layer would be um, opening people's minds. Mm -hmm. Like, getting rid of the obscusification around these um, systems, around these systems in place, because I just, um, I don't, I, I'm sure that the, I'm sure that all of us here even in the audience or just us here in this little group, I am sure that we have all had a moment or several times we've shared this moment where, you know, you're, you're looking at someone's post online or you're looking at a video or something that they wrote and you you say to yourself, how can you be like this? How can you be this blind? How can you be this ignorant to mm -hmm. reality? How can you not <laughs> understand what is happening? And I think this is a, it's a it's a and, and what it is that ignorance is a product of capitalism it's a product of power it's a product of money and status and privilege it's a power it's a product of religion it's a it's just so many different things that make someone that make someone's mind operate the way that it does mm -hmm. there and is a lot of psychology here mm -hmm. and that's why that's why i approach that's why if you notice my my approach is psychological mm -hmm. you know as somebody who studies it just on the regular as somebody who you know continuously forever going to school for it it seems um you know it's it's something that i've realized that like like, like sophia said this archetype this servitor um th that's why i said open people's minds because it, it has power because that is how they operate the majority of people operate under this current and the way to break it is to open people's minds. It becomes 
the less people acknowledge its presence. Mm-hmm. Um, th- th- that's why, I mean, but in there lies some fundamental hermetic laws, right? Like to know, to will, to dare, and to be silent. You know, this is why, you know, like on social media, there's all these people who kind of like post their spells as they're doing it. You know, mm-hmm. whether those spells are working or not is not what we're talking about here. But the point is, you don't have to always talk about yourself, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you don't always have to show off your work. I many times am not allowed to show off my work. The things that they'll let me do are like potions and oils and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, we might be reaching a point now where it might be time to show our work, maybe some of our deeper work, or at least share the frameworks of our Sharing the framework, right. But I mean to say, like, not your personal work, right? Because... The thing is, like, that's your, another thing. You have to be smart. Yeah, your personal craft is your personal craft. You don't want you don't want to set up a direct line for someone to come after you. Like I, I remember, say... the, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, um, like there was a witch online who really. This was a couple years ago. He said this, I believe. Um, he has a YouTube channel. This gentleman. I'm also I also uh, friends with him on Facebook. Um. Of, uh, I'll 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 leave his information in the uh the notes down below after mm. this um he one time said now he didn't say necessarily not to post your altar but he made a really good point to be careful about it he said um if in the hands of a witch with the know-how he's like can you imagine they print out your altar picture and they use um some kind of oil of transformation right mm. uh they use something to turn something from one thing into another Mm-hmm. And they begin to twist and bend your magic into something of their own will, and on your altar, no less. Can you imagine? Right. You know. So I mean that that has always been kind of a big thing for me. Um, even though I post my altar, but I'm I'm pretty confident I've never got a warning not to. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, I would argue that thankfully I don't think many people are particularly interested in doing that. But um, the point is that they can. You know, and there are indeed people in the community. I mean, I was just in a druid. Uh, I'm in a druid group. I don't consider myself a druid. I just like the idea of druid reconstructionism. Mm. And there was there was people on there making fun of people with very liberal ideas, you know, about equity and, and, and equality and um, health care for all. And, you know, they were on there like, oh, it's just like you liberals. And, and this one lady, she was um, she was. <laughs> she kind of had these horrible fascist ideas about survival during these times. And she was like, you know, those who have quote unquote prepped, she said, will be the ones who survived. And those who have, uh, and those who shop in the markets, basically claiming that the only people who are survivor homesteaders um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and, and sort of preppers and, and such. And she, she had other really, like, she kind of was treating other people as beneath her is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to get at. And this woman was, you know, a practicing druid. And I was like, how is that druidry? I was like, the, right. the druids historically were community people. They were they were for the community, as most pagan traditions were. I mean, even the village witches who lived on the outskirts of town and often looked at suspiciously were there for the people. They were the mm-hmm. one giving them, you know, herbal medicines and tinctures and decoctions for rheumatism and colic and, uh, you know fever and you know like helping their bone sprains and shit like that is what they did you know witches are for the people even if we live on the fringes 
We were oh, magic practitioners, spiritualists, mystics. We were always for the people, you know? And, like, now of all is the worst time for that kind of shit. The whole, oh, those who have not prepared shall perish. Oh, look mm -hmm. at me. Like, bitch, those who have prepared have a duty to help other people. Because yep. if not, all you've done is ensured your own destruction. What, you think that you're you're going to survive by yourself? Give me a break. We mm -hmm. are literally all in this together. If... If we don't come together to deal with it, the plague's going to keep ra ra raving and ravaging us, and we will be decimated, you know? If we come together and do something, work together, and understand that, like, you have to live locally. You have to, like, take care of the people around you and understand that you are intimately tied to the environment you live in directly. However, just like everything that's a real deep truth is somewhat paradoxical, you need to right. also understand you are a global citizen. What you do affects the entire planet on a micro and macro scale. As above, so below. Think locally, or think globally, act locally. You know, like, mm -hmm. these concepts are so immensely true. And we need to understand that we're global citizens, we are members of our communities, and we are representatives of the deities and the paradigms that we work with. Do you really think your God that you turned your nose up at other people during their moment of need, that they provided you boons and gifts and all kinds of charities and exchanges just for you to elevate yourself above everybody else? Right. Seems, it, just... it seems like they would rather disapprove of that unless, I don't know, you worship some kind of God of selfishness or gluttony. It's very possible. I, um, I mean, people do. Yeah, they do. It's, I just think um, people cherry-pick their sometimes their own faith systems. Mm -hmm. um, and even, even witches have a tendency to do that, too. So um, I'm not, no one is exempt from that statement from me because I've seen it. Um, yeah. What was in, most interesting to me, especially today, because like, we had that conversation yesterday, and then you know we were going to record this particular topic today, and this morning, my my dad called me like pretty much as soon as I woke up, and he was uh, he was very chatty today. He was talking to me about you know like coronavirus stuff and going to the store and no toilet paper and you know all kinds of that kind of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. And he even okay. So let me give you a little background on my dad. My dad is very he's very you know work hard, retire. You know, he's he's retired now. So like he's like, I worked hard, I retired, you know, this is my life, you know, money's important, you have to provide and he's very, you know, very blue collar driven in that kind of direction. Also, another thing about my dad, I don't think he is um religious to any point. He doesn't really believe in gods, he doesn't really subscribe to any thing like that i would i would say he is atheist if he hasn't really just come out and said it but all signs point to he's an atheist um and he's not really um behind the idea of magic and you know hocus pocus and stuff like that either so he's very he's very atheist in his in his worldview and he said something to me today that i know if my dad who was like the most atheist person that i know he said to me, he's like, 
I don't know if you've noticed, but there's something weird going on in the world right now. And I was like, holy shit. So even the normies can notice. Right. So for, for someone like my dad, who's very like, you know, not in, in that realm, it's not, it's not his realm of expertise or interest. Even he sees it and even he feels it. And mm -hmm. he felt the need. He felt it so strongly that he felt the need to communicate that to me and saying, I don't know if you noticed, but there's something weird going on in the world. And that just kind of, it really blew my mind because I was like, wow, if he's sensing it, I, like, it, it had, like, I know that I've been sensing it, but I've just, I've, I've had, you know, I have things in place to help me process it. And sometimes I can't process it all. And sometimes I just, I have really bad days and I just can't kind of function. And all you can do is just like watch Netflix and feel sad. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I think we can all kind of feel that to some aspect but uh yeah so for, for my for my dad to say that it um it really it really woke me up more um that there's there's just something bigger at play here and it's not um it's not impossible to circumvent it's not impossible excuse me it's not impossible to to deal with um because i think back to uh, the binding Trump ritual that I um, can't remember the guy's name that created it, uh, but we talked about it in a previous episode, I think like two episodes ago. Um, but like the binding Trump ritual, that ritual was not necessarily designed just for Wiccans. It wasn't designed for witches. It wasn't designed for, it wasn't even really designed for magic practitioners per se. It was just designed to be done by uh -huh. anyone who felt like they wanted to oppose Trump and you know him coming to power, um, it was designed to be done. And um, the way the ritual runs, you, you don't even, you don't really need to be an experienced magic practitioner to do that ritual. And I think that is the type. Something in that vein is the type of magic that we need to be sharing. So not just sharing with other magic practitioners, but sharing with the general population. Because I know that there are people out there that, you know, haven't practiced magic a day in their life. But if they're like, oh, if we can light a candle and, you know, recite this phrase to help, like, I don't know, overthrow capitalism or bring down the patriarchy or, you know, sever our social contract with the world or whatever that may be. I think there are plenty of people who would do it. And that, whether they choose to realize it's magic or believe it's magic is completely up to them, but it is magic, you know? It is 100% magic, and I think having having those people join into that type of work is is really where that power is going to really come from. Because, yes, we have all these magical practitioners, but we are so small in comparison to the rest of the world and i think um by by writing these kinds of rituals and spells and things like that i think it's important to to include people that wouldn't normally do magic yeah i think like far too many people are happy to just be way more secular than is healthy you know mm -hmm. like so many people don't want to reach out with that olive branch and say, oh, 
what do you want a bunch of insert practitioner here hanging out with us now like that kind of attitude like it's really prevalent everywhere and I think that it's outdated and one thing I wanted to bring up is like Honey, I don't think you've noticed, maybe you have, and I'm not speaking to anyone in particular here, but... Just a general. Look outside. The Aeon is ended. Normal is gone. It's not coming back. Um, we have a choice of what we're going to do right now. How we're going to move forward. The beautiful thing about the Aeon ending like that um, is essentially meaning that the old rules of the power structure... They don't have to apply anymore. You aren't bound to anything. You, you're free to do what you want, right? So what do you really want to do? Like, there's all these old laws of we've had to do it this way. When you were talking about um, how to, to know, to do, to keep silent, um, and how we don't need to do that. In fact, that was the law for the Aeon that we've lived in. It doesn't have to be the law for the future. We can choose those laws together. We can write them as a collective, you know? Like, mm -hmm. we get to decide how we want to live our lives. Let's stop holding ourselves up to the rules that old dead men wrote for us ages mm -hmm. ago. Yeah, and you know, I saw, I saw this meme that kind of goes um, along with that. So the meme was like, I don't know, some like exasperated looking guy or whatever. And it was like millennials living through their second once in a generation economic collapse. And I was like, look, even even their own rules are breaking. You know, they're like because I'm I'm pretty sure they were they were referencing like now versus um 2008. That's when, you know, the economy tanked. So mm -hmm. I'm like so now even our own rules are breaking. Oh, you know, this 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 kind of recession, it, this only happens once in a generation. We will we will not encounter this again, you know, for for a long time, for a long long time. Yeah, well, guess what? You know, it's maybe I don't know, 2008 was what? How do I do math? Uh 12 years ago. Right? 12 years. 12 yeah. years ago. 12 years is a second in if you're thinking about like global time. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not long at all um it's it's not long at all and so look even even your own rules that you've established you know this can this can only happen once in a generation this can only happen once in a generation this is a fact this is a tried and true fact well guess what it happened again mm -hmm. and what's to stop it from never lifting what's to stop it from continuing on for a long time i'm not gonna lie when this whole when this whole COVID-19 coronavirus thing started to um, affect our economy, like, um, you know, like when the layoffs started to happen and when businesses started to shut down, um, just before that happened, I honestly really didn't think it was going to have this type of impact because we had seen viruses pop up before. We had seen um, like uh, like the like SARS. I think SARS was like the other big one that I remember people were kind of worried about, but not like it, I think it hit um, Asia harder than it. It didn't really make its way over here that much and that strongly. So I was remembering that, and I honestly thought I was like, "It'll be fine," you know. It'll it's just this thing like SARS. Like it's gonna it's it will affect some people. But it will go away quickly, kind of like how SARS 
did. It kind of just like faded off. I don't actually remember how it did. I was kind of much younger then. But I remember, you know, everyone was talking about it and then suddenly no one was talking about it and then everything was fine, you know, and everyone just kept going on and living their life. But um, I did not expect this uh, to completely flip our our way of life so quickly and so drastically and so powerfully. So I and I don't know if anyone could have saw that coming. There probably were people that were like, this is big. This is huge. Um but I wasn't one of those people. I'm yeah. I partially kick myself for it, but partially don't because I'm like, I didn't I didn't really know. You know what I mean? I don't have experience in this kind of thing. I've never lived through this. I've you know what I mean? So I think um I think now I see how much is broken. And I know that there's a lot of people that think like me and they're like, oh, you know, this was supposed to blow over. Like, I remember talking to my sister, like, she was supposed to get married this weekend. And she was, and I remember talking to her back in, yeah. like, early March. And I was like, she was like, should I cancel my wedding? And I was like, well, yeah, you know, just, you didn't have too much. It was just a brunch. So it was a very small kind of gathering, like maybe 20 people. And I was like, yeah, you know, you might just want to cancel it. Just wait till this blows over. Like, that's the phrase that I kept using. Yeah, just wait till this blows over. And then, you know, like maybe you get married in like May, June or something like that. And then you'll be fine. But it doesn't seem like that's going to be the case. And I think what this has also shown is that I find it interesting with all these stimulus checks and bailout packages and, and small business stimulus loans and all kinds of stuff and it's like y'all had the money this whole time mm -hmm. you had it you had the funds you had the power and you oh, chose not to do anything with it and now you're giving us a pittance compared to because i saw what the the bailout packages for like corporations and shit and it's fucking disgusting but so you're you're bailing out the corporations which you quote unquote think are the backbone of the american economy and which they are not um, it's really small businesses and people, but you know, whatever, mm -hmm. fine, I guess. It's just like when this whole stimulus thing came out, I was like, I'll believe it when I fucking see it. You know what I mean? I'll I'll believe it when I see it. Um, so I, I already have lost faith in the government. I've already lost faith in the people in Washington. I've lost faith in my local kind of thing like my local kind of leaders and stuff like that the only one that has actually been good is our governor of pa right now he's actually been pretty on point with being like nope this is closed we're shutting down this and that like that's been fine um but i think it's what you were saying earlier sophia it's so much more important right now is to focus locally and apply and magnify our magics globally like take care of our local immediate people but magnify our power on a global scale because that's the only way that anything is going to change and anything is going to get better and also i'm not saying that that magic is going to cure this this yeah. virus it's not going to cure anything science will do that you know what i mean like science will do that but we can empower science with magic as we've always done just some of us don't think of it that way but we can empower these scientists we can empower these people who are working on this on this vaccine 
So I really do think that magic is a type of science that we just have yet to fully master. However, mm-hmm. um, that's not to say that it's going to save us. It really is going to come down to science and the efforts of everybody. Yeah. So, but in order to... I just think that we're headed toward a different world. And I keep hearing people saying like, oh, I can't wait till things go back to normal. And, you know, I'm like, I don't, I didn't like that normal. I didn't like that normal at all. And that normal has proven that it is fundamentally broken and flawed. I think that most people who like that normal didn't have it that hard to begin with, you know, and never understood what anybody else was talking about, about, how tough life could be if you don't really have solid income or you don't have the feudalistic style protections that we have right now. Because let's be honest, you trade your work for loyalty to companies and they ensure your health, you know, which is very similar to feudal systems to how you had to work for a lord to be guaranteed uh, security to live, you know? Sounds very similar, doesn't it? It does, and especially in this country Mm -hmm. where our health insurance is linked to our employer, and now 66 million people are unemployed, and guess what? They don't have health insurance anymore. It's corporate feudalism, is what it is. Yeah, and I just, and that is the type of magic that I think that magic practitioners should start working, is to dismantle that system dismantle that system and help to find a way to replace it because it's proven that it doesn't work for everyone so i think we should change gears now and start talking about what do we do to fix it on like a practical level um because i'm we've touched on that a little bit but we are all kind of getting in on uh this project idea that i was talking about where we're gonna write um some rituals with friends of mine because you know every every practitioner has their network of people eventually and i've been very lucky that networking is one of my skills so uh i'm kind of using that to bring multiple people together and it's kind of like a project that i don't want to say that i'm running but i'm definitely like a facilitator yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, it's it's not going to be like a DKMU thing. It's not going to be like a, a trad witch thing. It's going to be exactly what Jay said. It's a ritual that everybody can do. It's for everybody, for, for practitioners of every stripe, uh, for people of every paradigm, for people who don't even practice magic but want to get in on the movement of fighting against the establishment that has no real interest in your continued existence beyond subservience and what power you grant to them we need to band together you know and i think that we can write some really good rituals with uh people that we know and we will spread that out like we'll put it on our instagram we'll um i'll be spreading them in all the circles that i that i uh do stuff in so definitely be prepared to see that stuff coming out i'd love to have y'all working along with it um Mm -hmm. That said, don't rely on us. Don't. If, if you have connections, you can do the same thing. Do it. We need everybody right now to step up and be a leader. There, there is no one person who is going to carry us through this that is a myth of an age long and far gone called the there 21st no or the 20th century. Yeah, we've been waiting. We've been blinded by waiting for the Messiah and they ain't coming. 
we have each other though and we have ourselves and we can all be the leaders that we need and we just need to step up and fight together and i think that's really what it comes down to is just a willingness to to be your own leader and set up so like go out network with your coven talk to other covens in your local area skype with them set up discord servers start working rituals if you have personal material that you're not comfortable sharing find stuff that you can build something that you can now is the time to extend branches to our brothers and sisters who work different paradigms because who the fuck else is going to do this are you just going to wait for the government to come save you do you really think that the freedom that you want is just going to get handed to you you will never be given the tools that you need by the system to defeat it you have to create it yourself and there's no better group to kind of lead the charge on it than magic practitioners you know yeah i mean especially because we're already seen as fringe i guess in some ways we're already seen as fringe so and a lot of rebellions and resistances have been born out of fringe groups um just a pro like kind of like what scott was saying earlier you protect yourself first before you start reaching out and forming these these bonds and creating these rituals um there's a level of self-preservation because if if you are destroyed in the process then we just lose someone else yep you know that doesn't it doesn't help anyone if you if you expend all your energy or you make yourself vulnerable to a point where you can't assist anymore um there's there's a few things that i want to say on that because that's a really good point um have you heard the choir theory with social activism no so in a choir how they're able to sustain a long continued note that doesn't break is because whenever you get too tired of carrying the note you're able to drop out and take as much of a breath as you need and then you pick up and carry back on and that's what happens with a choir you're able to drop out when you need the spoon to recharge and get your breath back and then you can put your voice back up and together we can sing that harmonious note that sounds completely unbroken because we carry the gaps for each other. Everybody is going to need a rest. You can't do that alone. It's the same thing with doing magic, you know? Exactly. So um, definitely having a support uh, network in place. And honestly, right now, like, and I know we keep saying come together, come together, but we don't mean physically because obviously that doesn't make sense right now, especially because everyone's isolated. But Please Just, stay home. Yes, please stay yeah, home. Yeah, stay the fuck home. Yes. Um, <laughs> wash but, your goddamn hands. Yes, yeah, stay home and wash your fucking hands. But but what we mean is we, just with our infrastructure and our technological systems in place, I mean, like, we have the ability to come together in a much different way. We can come together faster. I can rally a group of people quicker online than I could ever do just by in person. Be like, oh, everyone come to my house and we're going to do this thing. I could very, I could, I could, like, I could dial up Sophia faster and say, Sophia, do this spell right now with me, uh, faster than I could get Scott to come up from their house up to my house to do it. You know what but I mean? On top oh. of it, mm-hmm. I don't need to do hair or makeup. Exactly. I could be in my underwear <laughs> and a sports bra Perfect. and be 
godforsaken mess that is my room, yet somehow the only surface that's immaculately clean is my altar. I wonder why. Um, and I can, I can do it. I can be the uh, perfect, ornately dressed mess that I am without anybody needing to see me and just do it over voice chat with somebody, you know? Mm-hmm. Or maybe it's someone who you trust to let see you when you're an absolute mess. You know, those kind of friends who, like, who will, you know, spend the night at your house and you're like, you can see the gremlin version of me. It's okay. But <laughs> don't tell anyone that this exists. That's how I am, too, especially, like, um, I know it's a bit of a sidebar, but it's like, uh, I, okay, so it's, like, kind of, like, one of the perks of this self-isolation, me being laid off, quarantine business is i have not had to wear a binder except for leaving my house (laughs) and i am really happy about that because i need a a goddamn break and so like is out the fucking window too (laughs) exactly so it's like uh it's nice to uh i don't know free the titty i guess (laughs) free the hip like literally tits out spells cast (laughs) literally Uh, yeah Because I often, when, like, for my personal, uh, like, stuff that I do, I often won't, like, wear a shirt or anything like that. Because I'm like, eh, just clothes just feel too, eh. Just wait. We're going to start getting, like, full-blown for, like, the new Aeon. People are going to have ritual pajamas, you know? (laughs) They'll have, like, those pajama robes, but they'll have, like, symbols sewn into it. And, like, the the people who are really uh, crafty will, like, embroider or bead, like sigils into their like pajama robes and they'll walk around and be like what's up bro and i mean a bathrobe is still witchy right it's a robe it is and if if you slap like your sigils of whatever you're working with all across it yeah it looks legit as fuck realistically you know it, it reminds me of a um someone made a film of one of uh, Terry Pratchett's books about Discworld and it was about uh, Granny Weatherwax and her her little coven they're they're witches and <coughs> in this particular animated film uh there's this girl who stumbles across them and and they're away from their home and and they have to summon something right and the girl says to them but there's nothing here there's no like magic wand there's nothing well the the one lady says oh please like we don't need any of that and basically like one she chants uh what does she say by this sacred brush of cleansing and the other one has like by this washboard of whatever and then oh uh, granny weatherwax holds it. up a wooden spoon and she's like by this wooden spoon of art i conjure you or whatever and it works you know they have like a iron pot and it summons the damn thing and i'm like yes <laughs> that's actually another thing that got discussed in a DKMU a long time ago was living room floor witchcraft for like People who are poor who don't have altars. Spirits don't give a fuck if you grab a cushion off your couch and use mm-hmm. that as an altar, man. They are down for that shit. They're like, look at this person. They have fucking nothing and they're pulling coffee, like couches, their cushions off their couch to like send me an offering. These they're great. Like they, they, they eat that shit up, you know? Like don't don't worry about not having the perfect supplies. What matters more is having the perfect gumption to do it, regardless of what you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and we've said that before in in plenty of uh, in mm-hmm. plenty of episodes. You know, your your tools are that's it. They're just tools. You know, you can you can achieve the same results with all kinds of different tools. Um, I know somebody who uses like a literal old rusted uh, circular sickle for an athame. Right. 
which is just as powerful as you know a $500 beautiful handmade knife that you buy from some artisan so i mean it's it's also got meme power so you can go comrades come to me <laughs> that is also true um i'm trying to think you know i think this is kind of a good this is kind of a good place to kind of conclude this and and really reel this in um i'm trying to think of um like a good way to kind of summarize the message that we've kind of said in this episode the idea of world magic is nothing new but it has been a, it hasn't been the focus in many years magic to heal the earth magic to empower communities it has been talked about through myth and legend and folklore and history we have in recent times are going through an age of self-isolation and selfishness and i don't necessarily mean that fully as a bad thing because self-isolation gives us reflection and some selfishness gives us the ability to uh to to stand in, in in our own presence right it gives us the our own autonomy and it makes us stronger in ourselves as an individual however we are in a new age now where it's time to uh to let go of of those things we've had enough time to be selfish we've had enough time to isolate um, and I don't necessarily even mean like self-isolation in the sense of like what we're doing now to stay safe from the virus, but in an emotional sense, we, we've locked ourselves away and we've only searched for, for, um, for uh, like, like fun adventure or vacations or, you know, we've, we've only ever searched for those self-gratifying feelings, you know, those mm -hmm. quick fixes. And we've, we've avoided kind of the, the, the hard work of feelings, the long-term uh, feel good feelings. Uh, I think that it's time to turn our magic too back to our communities. And and right now there is a big push for people really magical practitioners really getting out there back into the world. Um, there are organizations doing it, like the Temple of Witchcraft in Salem. Um, and although these people aren't necessarily occultist themselves, but even the Satanic Temple, I mean. They're a, a sort of a psycho spiritual community that that you know has has wonderful uh, does wonderful things uh, for social justice. They do a ton um, of charity work too. Mm hmm. And I think you know it's really time to get back out there. You know when we're able to again. You know when you when when you have when you're with your covens, um, or you know if you're a voodoo saint and you're and you're with your houses, you know, uh, you know. Dance for the Loa. Ask the Horned God. Do things. Do a circle dance for the Earth. Give power to the oceans and give power to the activists. And ask your spirits for you know of of writing and wordsmithing and poetry to give eloquence and you know uh, to to go, to goodly politicians. You know, um, I think it's time that we exited the world of self isolation and selfishness and in a time of empathy and compassion um yeah i totally agree and i just re would like to reiterate what i was saying before 
We're going to be doing rituals, hopping on them, but don't take that as the be-all, end-all. Do your own, branch out, make your own rituals to share with people. Start getting your communities together. Get your wands and, like, make some shit happen, you know? Mm -hmm. Let's, like, bring the heavens down. Let's call the other side to here and say, hey, we need some help. Let's re-empower humanity. Let's fucking fight the plague. Let's turn back the people who have been fucking destroying our planet for generations and sowing so much strife and misery that my words could never accurately represent the whole of it. We need to fight that. And the time to do it together has come. And there will be no one person to lead us. It will be a choir. And we will all be singing the same note. Absolutely. I don't think I could possibly add anything more to those two kind of concluding statements. I mean, I, I agree with both of you wholeheartedly. Um, the, I guess the only thing that I would add is is just don't overexpend or overexert yourself in this kind of um, fight. Because it is a fight, it is a battle. So... Take care of yourself. Make sure that you are well, that you are well physically, spiritually, mentally, you know, all of that. Make sure that you are well. And and if you seek are help not, if you need it. yes, seek help mm -hmm. if you need it. Drop out, take a break, take a breather. Um, but just know that there are others out there, just as Sophia was saying, you know, like there are others out there carrying the note for you. So you can just jump back in whenever you're ready. Mm -hmm. we're all in it together absolutely so I think we're going to wrap up this episode here I'm just going to do uh, my little outro thing for anyone who is new to us who has just uh, stumbled across our podcast um, if you want to connect with us more and especially after this episode uh, you may want to because we're going to start talking about these rituals and stuff that we're planning so um, you can find us on the big three social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our handle is, which is betwixt, all one word on all three platforms. Um, we all check each one except for the Twitter, which is pretty much run exclusively by me. Um, but feel free to message us on any of them and we will get back to you. If you want to add your post to our online community, you can use the hashtag WBTWXT. And the links to our official Facebook group and Discord server, as well as our website, are in the show notes below. And um, Scott mentioned something else earlier in the episode that I will also I will, put in the show notes. I will also make sure to link uh, that gentleman's YouTube. Yes. Uh, to, yeah. So we'll have that in the show notes. Um, but for now, be well, take care of yourselves, and um, we will see you in the next one. Bye. Don't forget to banish.